Welcome everyone to the Women in MedTech podcast. I'm Colleen Patterson. I'm here with my co-host Barbara Strain and Stephanie Pitts. Joining us today for our conversation about mentorship is Anastasia Marinova, founder and CEO of Coaching with Anastasia, a coaching and career advisory firm focused on the development of women leaders within medtech, biotech, and life science. Anastasia is deeply committed to empowering fellow women, fostering their professional success, and nurturing their growth. Welcome, Anastasia. Hi, thank you for having me. I I really appreciate uh, being a guest on your podcast and can't wait to to have a great discussion with us today. Anastasia, we would love to know uh, as much as we can learn about you and the work you're doing in mentoring um, in the next 30 minutes or so. So if you want to kick us off and just share a little bit about your background and how you got into mentoring in the first place. Yeah, thank you. That's a great question, Stephanie. Well, I'm actually a veteran of MedTech myself. I've spent 20 years in the industry in various executive roles. Uh, Throughout my years, I've mentored and helped a lot of people along the way and really, really enjoyed it. And as I continued to build my own career, I just noticed such a huge gap when it comes to women leadership development. And the more I spend the time in the industry, the more I just really became convicted that that gap is not only does it exist, it really needs to be resolved and solved. And I was so convicted that I opened up my own career advisory and executive coaching firm dedicated to women. And I I love seeing women succeed and grow. And that that became my mission, Uh, and especially because I can just bring so much of my own experience to the table. And if I can help somebody with that, I'm, I'm delighted. Wonderful. In your opinion, Anastasia, do you see um, there's any real differences between healthcare and other businesses? Um, Yes and no. Maybe what I would say is that MedTech is an exciting space, but at the same time, I feel like it comes with some additional challenges that other industries perhaps might not come with. It is a heavily regulated space. The product development takes some some doing and some time. There's definitely a need for a lot more clinical evidence and economical evidence in order for your product to be adopted. And so I feel that there are some additional challenges that the industry just comes with as part of the territory that might at times make it a little bit harder to navigate, especially for women who are trying to build their careers. One of the things that I do in preparation for these conversations is I'm, I am the go-to, like I'm a consummate, like let's, let's pull some research. Let's get some facts. Mm -hmm. Let's look at some studies um, to make sure that I've got, you know, my talking points in order. And one of the things that I actually pulled was a DDI study that talked about, you know, 78% of women across all industries in senior roles have served as some form of mentor at some point in their career. However, many of them have found that they have not necessarily had a mentor of their own, you know, the majority of them not having mentorship. How do you think that that trend is looking, you know, overall and specifically in med tech and healthcare where there has not been a lot of senior leadership representation from females? How do you see that evolving? I see that we've probably made some great strides in the right direction. And the reason I say that is because as I work with 
some of my most recent clients, I do see that there is more emphasis on female leader development in many companies. And what I started noticing is that companies start putting together women leadership initiatives and additional resources in the form of mentorship for other women in the industry. Do I think that that's probably enough? No, I think we have long ways to go before we can consider our job to be done. And I do think that it is part of the leadership dilemma and leadership um, quest, and it should be to not only encourage women to secure a mentor for themselves, but actively offer programs, resources, and and any tools that are available in order for women to actually secure a mentor. What's interesting is that a lot of people believe in mentorship, but only a, a fraction of people that believe in the value of mentorship actually have a mentor, even as of today. You, does that resonate with you, Stephanie? I know you're on the inside of the of the industry today. So what, what are you seeing? Yeah, Anastasia, my my wheels were spinning as you were speaking. I so as a med tech um, clinician in industry, I've always found and reached and and I don't want to say forced, but I've always found mentors. And typically, I try to find an executive level mentor within the organization. Um, and I, in my current role today, have done that as well. And I just feel like not everybody has that capability though, right? Like that ability to reach to an executive and say, hey, will you be my mentor? Um, maybe they don't have the courage or maybe they just don't have that ability. Um, but what I have found that it does for me is um, it gives you that advocacy um, in the work that you're doing. So it gives you that executive advocate, um, but it also gives you the behind the scene guide. So it's, you can share goals and the things you're working towards and kind of get that in, you know, kind of the inside, Hey, I've tried this before in the past. This has worked for me. Have you tried that? Um, so I, I think getting that reach to the executive is, is ideal if you can, but I, I, I know a lot of women in med tech may not feel like they can reach to get, you know, the mentor that they're really trying to get to. And I, I'm curious what, Anastasia, what you recommend to women as to how do you find a mentor, that somebody that's going to be the right person for you and make that connection? Really good question. I myself also had mentors throughout and not always was it easy to actually secure one and ask for one. It was not always available. And I would say my, my number one recommendation for women is to see who you admire and who you respect first. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for that mentorship to to be organic and to have shared values at least and, and, and something where both people can respect each other. So I always adjust um, my my coaching to say, look around and see who around you do you find to have some admirable traits and some admirable qualities that you think that you can benefit from from some mentoring. And then reach out and just ask for a first meeting. More than half the battle is to reach out and ask for that first meeting. And the fear of rejection is definitely very real. And I would say that if you don't have somebody inside your organization that you kind of have your eye on maybe and have your sights on, it's okay to have more than one mentor and it's okay, it's more than okay to go outside of your company and have mentors from other companies, even sometimes from other industries to have a variety of perspectives. 
And I recommend to look around for other organizations that actually offer a form of mentorship. And there are several now in our space that come with not just a membership benefit, but also with an opportunity to apply for a mentorship program. And I found those to be really um, effective and impactful for women that, that have chosen that route. I think you're bringing up some really great points, Anastasia. And I mean, especially when you're talking about med tech, the number of females at that executive level, if we're specifically trying to talk about female to female mentorship, that the number of females, like the pool of candidates is, is much smaller for women than it is for men. You know, when we're talking about executive boards that, you know, here's a table right. of 10 and there may be one woman in that conversation, you know, when you've got this funnel of a lot large, you know, m- much more people all trying to get that one person's attention, it can be really challenging. Um, You know, there's just not enough people to go around. So I guess I've got a twofold question, which is one, if you are now that, you know, if you've moved up in the organization and you're now at that leadership table, how do you best serve, you know, a majority of people while still being true to all of your other, you know, family as well as workplace demands? And then secondary to that is if you are finding yourself in that lower cadre of, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying within my organization and not finding success. What what would be the next step there? You know, I, I know that a lot of times we talk in some of these round figures of like, we'll go outside the organization to, to where, <laughs> like what, you know, like what, it's not like the library, I could go check out a book, like where intangibles would you say to start? Sure. And, and, and maybe I'll ask the, uh, answer the latter question first. And, and, and then tell you a little bit about how I had to balance having lots of mentorship requests with my executive role and with my family. But I would say uh, the, the one organization that I always recommend is called MedTech Women. And MedTech Women actually have a mentorship program for which you can apply. And when I'm part of the organization and I'm actually part of their mentorship set, and so I, I love um I love seeing that now more women-specific organizations form mentorship programs that you can apply for. Uh, so that's one of them. And I would say that uh, outside of the industry, I suggest a network. So go outside your network to say, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to anybody who is really familiar with you and has great um, knowledge about who you are to ask, I'm looking for a mentor. Uh, and I'm looking for a mentor for these kinds of things. Who do you know that might be a good role model for me that I can talk to? Because sometimes you need to talk to a few people before you find somebody that's that's really, truly connecting with you on the same level. And I found some of my mentors that way. I remember that in one of the roles that I had, there were no mentorship uh, programs. There was not a lot of role models. And so I started talking to my friends and one of them said, oh, my gosh, I know somebody who's working for this other organization and she loves to mentor people. Maybe you should talk to her. And I sure enough, I ended up having her as my mentor for two or three years. And she was phenomenal and had like an unbelievable impact on my career and my trajectory. So don't be shy about just lifting your network of friends and family. You'd be surprised how far you can get with that. Um, as it relates to kind of balancing your career as an executive, I got many requests for mentorship, for help, where do you go? And I would say this is where our job as a leader and our job as the executive at the table of that organization is to look beyond 
and say, what can we do inside of our org to actually organize something for women? Have guests speakers, you know, start an informal program. If you're a leader and you have any number of women, I've just started um, um, talking to somebody who organized an informal group for women development and it grew from uh, just a few members to several dozen members and they have guest speakers coming in and they organize some content and it got attention from everyone and continues to grow and get more support. So as a leader, I feel that our role really entails uh, taking it to the next level and being that resource that says, I'm going to make something available to more people than just one or two mentees that I can take on personally. And I, I don't know if um, if you can relate to that, uh, Stephanie. I know you have teams of people that you that you manage. So how do you go about creating more resources for your teams? Yeah, so I'm actually really fortunate in our organization. We have what we call employee resource groups, and we have different groups for you know veterans, um, but we also have a women's um, employee resource group, and they're actually really amazing at regularly scheduling gatherings with speakers, um, and sometimes they just have listening sessions. Um, and those get scheduled like into our work day. So that's one great network. One thing that I also like to do is um, just have like virtual coffees or lunch um, with, with people within my network that I don't necessarily work with every day, but we're sort of working side by side, maybe in different departments. And I don't know that I even call them mentor sessions as much as it's just... Um, it's more like sharing and empowering each other. And, you know, so I don't, I, I guess I don't call it mentoring, but we're sort of mentoring and, and sharing with each other. Um, one of the big things though, Anastasia, that I wanted to ask you um, was, I actually have a book on mentorship. And one of the, the recommendations in the book is that when you seek a mentor, don't just seek them to bring you something, but be willing to you know, basically give something back to them. And I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that as a coach, when you, when you mentor women, what you think of that philosophy? I, I, I couldn't, first of all, I couldn't agree more with the philosophy. And I feel that in fact, sometimes we might hesitate to ask for a mentor or go approach somebody thinking that, oh, you know, this person is going to be spending time right with me and uh, there's a lot of value for me, but what about the other person? And I couldn't agree more that every single person that I have ever mentored, I've learned so much from. They taught me just as much as I probably taught them. And I enjoyed learning various things from these people. And sometimes you just have to be really, really intentional about that with your mentor to say, what can I help you with? And not be afraid to ask because it's, it's amazing what we all can learn from one another. I've learned new platforms from my mentees. I've learned new ways of thinking depending on what part of the organization they were in and completely different angles for how people were approaching different dilemmas. I mean, it's it's very powerful. There is a reason why now even reverse mentorships exist, right? To mentor the other way. And there's so much value. I've also read recently that um, people that do actively mentor others and, and participate in that 
uh, are also on a different career trajectory, which is interesting to me that the more you mentor, the more you grow and the more you grow yourself. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So I have a, a related sort of question, Anastasia, is are there there different roles that people are currently in and they may not necessarily be shooting for that executive position or to be a CEO or whatever, but they do want to find out how do I really know if I'm doing, you know, a, a really good job, not the the parts of the mechanics of job at what I'm currently doing or do I just want to advance a little bit or am I even in the right role where I'm working? And what sort of advice do you have for folks that may be in, you know, a supervisor or an early manager stage and, and they're just not sure? That's a good question, Barbara. I would say that the pressure to go into a very pre-canned career sometimes is there, that mm -hmm. this is the usual path inside my trade, whether it's engineering or, or clinical management or marketing, there's usually some sort of trajectory and people feel like, well, that's probably the steps that I ought to take. But whether that's the right fit for them or not is a big question. I believe that when when you are operating out of your core strengths and you get really good self-awareness about what those core strengths are, what your passions are, and what really moves you every single morning, you're going to have an amazing career and you're going to feel fulfilled, whether it's managerial or not. I would say the key there is to work with people that will help you discover what they are, will bring that out in you. And that's why I always talk about mentorship needs to be um, very, very admirable, very respectable so that that person brings that out in you. So it's not a mechanical decision to say, well, this person fits the, the criteria and they probably are going to be a good mentor. Get a mentor that will get these insights flowing in your head so that you can then figure out maybe this path over here is a better path for me. And I've seen that. I've seen that power where people have pursued a slightly different path than they were thinking about. Very happy. Mm -hmm. Very happy mm -hmm. with that. I firmly believe in strength-based uh, development. So on the offering to be a mentor end of things, you know, one of the things that, that we've talked about in, in previous podcast episodes is imposter syndrome and that feeling of, you know, although I may have progressed in my career, like who am I to give advice or I just kind of lucked into this or, you know, like, and we have a tendency to downplay our own achievements or, or where we are or the space that we're taking up. And I'm going to pick on Stephanie for a minute because I know that, you know, she and I have had conversations before where she was like, I'm supposed to be the person giving the talk in, in, in the front of the room. No, no, no. I'm supposed to be in the audience. And so when we're when we're now approaching the idea of, you know, we're we're all women at this table at a certain stage of our career, we've got so much information to give back. And like Stephanie, we belong at the front of the room. Then how in those cases, like, you know, how do you fight that imposter syndrome? How do you fight that feeling of, I don't know enough, I'm not enough, I'm, you know, there's other people who are better than me who are better positioned for this you know like what are what are some of the things you know and other than 
just go for it. Because I mean, we all know that, but that doesn't that doesn't fight those feelings that we've internalized. You know, what are, what are some suggestions you have there? Anastasia, before you answer, I just have to say thank you, Colleen, because I literally wrote a little note like question mark imposter syndrome. <laughs> Am I going to be able to ask her about this today? Oh, um, I'm working it in. And, and then my my other piece was like, what's the greatest challenge women face? And I, I feel like that might be the answer. But Anastasia, if you could just let us in on this little dark secret that I suspect a lot of women, not just in med tech, but truly in business yes. probably feel. Great question. It is a great question. And I would say most everyone, like most all of my clients, myself included, would agree that we experience that on some level, in some shape and form somewhere. I would say that one of the things I try to tell myself, this is what I do for myself. If I experience a moment of an imposter syndrome, I tell myself, I know that as women, we tend to overvalue expertise. And we put a lot of emphasis on what all we know. And I overcome that honestly for myself by reminding myself that I've also been through a lot of different things. And what I know matters a lot, but also what what my journey and what all I've tried and learned along the way matter just as much. And the people that will benefit from even one little sliver of that, and if it helps them to solve one of their challenges, that's already worth it. And so I just, that's one of the ways I, I overcome that. And I would say that when the exchange is genuine and you're just sharing what you learned and your best practice, that's where the power of mentoring really happens. This isn't a canned formula or a canned answer. It's really in the true human connection. And when you connect with a human on that level, on that core level of I've been through this, I know what it's like, I can share with you, there's no imposter syndrome then. But you have to start with, hey, don't overvalue expertise. Value your journey and value what your traits are that you bring to the table. Would you agree with that, Barbara? I would. And, and I wrote that down as a key thing because I, I have some active mentoring I'm doing myself. And then I was, I was going to sort of broaden that a little bit to what I call silent mentoring. Uh, I've had lots of different women throughout the course of my career, which is now coming up on 45 years, but they didn't really know they were a mentor. It was more of, gee, how do I get to be like that? Or uh, the way they carried themselves or talk or spoke, regardless of who the audience was around the table or in the room. So is that something that is respectable enough for someone, but maybe if they go to some of these presentations that, you know, are being given by guest speakers and things like that, is that good enough for some people or do they really need that sort of one-on-one -on -one, or is it a, a mixture? Probably a mixture. I would say it depends on the personality and where you're at with your challenge. Sometimes attending a talk might just be plenty enough to say, I learned a nugget from that. I've attended talks and I'm like, wow, that was an interesting piece of information. I'm going to you know, run with that. 
sometimes the challenge is just a little too much to handle on your own. I, I always encourage people to talk to people just because it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to feel so isolating. So as much as possible, if you want to reach out and talk to somebody, it's better than not. But it might be enough for if you have just a little question and it happens to be that one question that got answered in a, in a session or in a workshop and, you know, you can run with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mix. I definitely think it's a mix. And just a slight little follow-up. So um, I grew up in the 50s, 60s. Yes, you're going to figure out how old I am here pretty soon. I had a lot of strong women in my family that really helped to sort of formulate, you know, some of my uh, ambition, passions, various things like that. And then uh, somewhere in the late 60s, early 70s, when it was all about women sort of coming out of all of that, and we destroyed a lot of undergarments and a variety of things, and then things just sort of uh, escalated through there. And I, I think I was very fortunate to kind of have gone through those situations. But um, so do you see a, a difference between the different uh, millennials and uh, the baby boomers and those sorts of things and which ones are kind of asking more for mentoring or might seeking things these days? That's an interesting question. I I think that there is different level of um, self-awareness about the need for mentorship now than perhaps before. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to to old generational um, aspects of it, but in my generation, I was probably one of the few people that had a mentor around me. Now, when I work with clients of, of different ages, I would say the younger millennials and, and younger generations, they think of mentorship as a it's, it's it's a normal thing, and it's probably something that I, I really need to have. In fact, recent re- research shows that most old millennials uh, place a huge value on mentorship and, and want to have that and go seek that very actively. That's what I'm seeing, especially with the younger generation, which is very encouraging mm-hmm. to, to know that that trend is, is, is going on. What are you seeing, Colleen? I know you read up on everything, all the stats, everything. So it's it's really interesting to me, um, you know, that we are straddling a couple, you know, different generations, and I think that it can be challenging for some of our, you know, some of our slightly older, you know, clinicians, people of that, you know, that baby boomer kind of generation to look at somebody younger than them and ask those like, hey, you you've got great mentorship lessons, you know, you've done things in your career that I want to emulate. And there can be just some native friction on the idea of I'm going to be asking for help from someone younger than myself. Um, and that that's something that I found. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, we do have a lot of Gen Z that we that we employ or that we work with. And what I hear from them is is really that same imposter syndrome idea of like, I'm just a baby. I can't, I can't do that. I don't know, I don't know anything. You know, and they have it, it's interesting because they're so excellent at the work that they do and they're you know, they're out and they're doing big things and they are truly going to shape what 
a healthy work-life balance looks like and what the next generation of, of leadership looks like. And they, they still have that big tendency to downplay who they are, the space they're taking up. And it's like, you're, you're so much more excellent than, than the credit you give yourself. And I, and I think that that's a challenge. Um, you know, Stephanie, I, I know that Braun is a really diverse organization. Have, are you experiencing the same for, for what you're seeing? Yeah. And I can, I can speak to my personal experiences there too. Um, I find great value in the, the, Barbara, you talked about kind of the silent mentor, and I feel like I have a lot of those across the generational landscape, but, um, I love, uh, I feel like I sit in the middle where I have some wiser mentors and then I love some of these kids coming out of college. I just love to learn from them and allow them to mentor me. And Anastasia, you talked about kind of mentoring the reverse mentoring. Um, I think that really goes a long way, especially when I think our younger generation is allowed to teach us things. Cause oftentimes I feel like they don't always feel heard. So yeah, I love that experience, Colleen and Anastasia. I want to get behind the curtain a little bit. Um, and understand one of the challenges I think in mentoring that can arise is you want to solve it for them, right? They bring you, you're their safe person and they're bringing you the biggest dilemma, the biggest challenge, and you hear it and you're, you just want to help. You just want to go in and help them fix it. And Get obviously that's not what it's for, Um but I would love to hear from you because I imagine a lot of our listeners today probably have been in a situation like that. And I would love your recommendations on when you are mentoring, how do you really empower and provide the steps um, for the mentee to solve it without necessarily you having to um, be that person? Uh, it is definitely getting behind the curtain because... I will tell you that before I got my professional certification as a coach, I probably had a tendency to get into that situation of like, oh, I just know how to solve that. And I can just tell them this is this is what you're really looking at. But I would say a mentor and a coach should coexist together because as a coach, you're not going to just all solve it for them. And I would say the biggest power a mentor could have is the power of asking a good question or several good questions. This is my biggest advice to anybody who's mentoring somebody is don't jump into it. Just say, so tell me more about what your thoughts are on how to solve it or tell me more about what do you think about this angle and, and share, share some thoughts with me. The most powerful insights for the mentee arise out of that discussion. And then I usually share with a mentee something like, I've tried also these things over here. But I would say the discovery of what they're really dealing with and helping them understand what they're dealing with from various angles has to happen first. Has to happen first. And then the rest of it. What's so satisfying is I actually did that a, a couple of months ago where someone said, I have a problem, blah, blah, blah. And I really, and I just asked those questions and then you can watch the pattern of them going, aha, you know, not saying it, but, and yep. it's really rewarding on, on both sides. And, and it, it, it's, 
fun to follow up with them to see how did that go type thing. But asking those questions, but, you know, listening and, and being able to provide those things, it's very rewarding. Yeah, and I also feel like when when a mentee arrives at some of these insights, it's going to be easier for them to then go ahead and implement whatever it is that they have come up with because it is already innately theirs versus you just giving them, here are the steps, you know, here's how you can solve it. And sure, your steps might absolutely solve it for them. But that level of commitment and confidence that comes with them knowing I've kind of come up with that and this is how I've arrived at it is mm-hmm. going to set them up for success in the implementation of whatever it is they might choose to do as well. You know, Anastasia, I think that you are just sharing so many, so many pieces that are resonating with me. I know that when I look at my own career path, I consider my first mentor, like going out seeking my very first mentor and really working with that person dynamically as a turning point in my career. It literally changed the trajectory of my professional life. And I would not be sitting at this table, you know, having this conversation without that happening. Um, and I, I think that what you're saying is so true that even in the people that I have now subsequently mentored, that seeing them grow and flourish is so incredibly rewarding. Um, you know, whether that is, you know, them taking on a new work challenge or going back to school, but, you know, seeing them really progress and flourish on their own has, has been incredibly rewarding. And so for anyone who, if you're in a position where you can mentor, I definitely encourage you to do so. Um, for Barbara and Stephanie, uh, do you have guys, any, any final thoughts, last questions that you, we, I know our time is coming a little bit to a close, but I want to make sure that we get our, all of our great stuff uh, and insights out of Anastasia today. Yeah. Thank you, Colleen. I think, um, one thing that resonates with me, Anastasia, is when you have a mentor, I think it it really helps you to balance some of the challenges that you're having so that you can have joy in the work that you're doing. And, um, and in that, when you have that joy and you bring that to the workplace, it, it frees your mind and your, your abilities up to really continue to grow and develop to to take those seats in higher positions. And I think um, listening to you in this discussion today, mentors are really critical in helping helping each other to, to grow. And with the continued imbalance of women in leadership, I just think it's such a foundational component um, for women to consider along and within their career paths. So I just wanted to thank you for the tidbits that you have shared with us today. Oh, thank yeah, we you. got a this lot is, of this is my calling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I also read up a little bit, you know, on your website and things, and it's amazing things. And and we've been talking about, you know, individuals being mentored by someone and that sort of thing. And sometimes what I have found over the years is a lot of people do really well uh, one-on-one and a variety of things, but boy, when you throw them in sort of a team situation or they're trying to mentor a team and things, are there different 
pieces to that 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 you can impart on folks as well as individuals? For sure. I would say with, with, with mentoring a team and mentoring a team dynamic, I think it's a little bit different in that it's just more nuanced because you have so many personalities around the table. There isn't a cookie-cutter approach to how you mentor the team. And I would say when I'm mentoring teams, I usually take on the approach of let's make sure first everybody's heard and get a variety of different perspectives around the table before you then impart some wisdom and allow them to start having their own robust discussion. Once again, by power of questions, and then all of a sudden you can see that team is already having that discussion that they otherwise wouldn't have had. And they solve it. They solve it um, like for themselves very similarly, but you just have to, to take into account a variety of different personalities and, and things around the table and just make sure that everybody feels part of it, that nobody feels that they're not part of the solution or part of the equation. And that's where all the right answers lie and the diversity of the answers. Right? Yeah, I'm sure that could be a whole nother podcast, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure we kind of got that sort of dynamic out there because it is a little bit different for folks because individuals may not think they need it, but then in a team situation, like most uh, med tech um folks they they have to get around and work in teams and a variety of things so i thought that was maybe a, an interesting dynamic but you hit the nail on the head so appreciate all your insights today thank you ladies it's been a pleasure uh, i i love what i do and it's for a reason i i'm with you colleen every time i help somebody Sometimes it's years later and I hear, oh, you know, we've talked about this and then here here I am now. There's nothing more satisfying, honestly, for me than, than having that feeling of being part of the journey you know, of somebody. So thank you for having me. Women supporting women is powerful. And if you're in a position to provide guidance and mentorship, you don't have to wait to be perfect. Your journey is worth sharing and never underrate underestimate the power of a good question. If you're seeking mentorship, there are opportunities out there waiting for you. Thank you for taking the time to join us and share your expertise, Anastasia. Your passion can be felt. For anyone wanting to connect with Anastasia directly, you can find her at coachingwithanastasia.com or she'll be tagged in our social media posts. For our audience, if you've not already done so, be sure to subscribe and we look forward to having you join us on future episodes. Thank you.